Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Now a show that's going to give you the truth about the biggest epidemic of our times. We're all a little crazy. Welcome back to another episode of We're All a Little Crazy. I'm your host, Eric Houston. I'm joined by a co-host this time, Dr. John Rosa, who you've all heard from before. Theo and Darren are on the road, so they will be uh, they will be joining us for the next episode. But happy to have Dr. John with us. You know, last week we had a pretty interesting discussion about Jimmy Hayes, the hockey player played in the NHL, big time Boston hockey product that we lost prematurely, thirty one years old. Still, not a lot of details that have come out about it. We decided to have on guest Kevin Stevens, who was essentially. Jimmy Hayes 20 years ago, this Boston hockey god who made it onto the big stage, um, you know, had his run-ins with drugs and alcohol, which he shared openly. And then there was rumors, and there still are rumors around because there's been no reports that have come out specifically about how we lost Jimmy. Um, But there were rumors about how that death might have happened. And any time, unfortunately, there is a death of someone in the public eye prematurely, it, it it's a platform for us to be able to talk about it because it's this this intersection between mental health meets current events. And, you know, the current events, sadly, of the last week is that uh, the world lost Michael K. Williams, who, unbelievable actor. I mean, I, I look back at his filmography, John, and the list of roles that he played it's almost like you have to keep scrolling because it's it's such a long list and and it's it's consistent parts it's bit parts it's everything in between our guests that we're going to have on to talk about him i'm sure we'll shed a lot more light on it but we lost michael k at 54 he was found by his nephew unfortunately unresponsive in his apartment in 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 brooklyn and i'm just going to take you through some of the parts you know i mentioned his filmography played omar little on the wire played Albert Chucky White on Boardwalk Empire. So two of like just behemoth productions um, in the space, in the in the actor space, and just the space of entertainment generally. Had parts on The Sopranos, recurring roles in the sitcom community, acted in 12 Years a Slave, an incredible movie. Um, and you look back on Michael Kay and his openness about his own challenges that he faced. And I look back to comments that he made in 2012 um, and he spoke about spending his whole salary or just most of it um, when he was on the wire on drugs. And, and the quote was, I was doing them in scary places with scary people. And and the reason why he shared, he believes he was doing it, reflecting back, we're going to talk about therapy in a second, um, was because he didn't feel like he was worth the role. I think that's a really interesting take from someone who's an actor. Like, here I am in this big role, and, I, and am I worthy of it? Have, have I really earned this spot? Am I on the same plateau platform? Um, am I as good as others who are in this space? 
you know, 2012, we talked about becoming sober and, and the, the challenging thing with so many people, John, that we've dealt with when we talk about being sober is the back and forth struggle. And, and Michael was pretty open about the fact that every day is, doesn't mean you're sober and you, you click a button and things are perfect. Now it, 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 there's, there's ongoing struggle to maintain that sobriety. And, and then I'll, I'll, as I, as I introduce our guests, I'll just share these two quotes from Michael K. As he started to go to therapy, he said, drugs and alcohol are not the problem. They're merely symptoms of the problem. And once those things go away, the real work begins working all the character defects, the moral compass, the skewed moral compass. Those are things that need to be addressed. Those are the reasons we get high in the first place and we turn to drugs and alcohol and our inability to deal with life on life's terms. And so I was introduced to today's guest through a, a mutual friend. And like the first time we spoke, I just felt a kinship towards him. Not necessarily had a ton of experience in the quote mental health space. And I was sharing with him the idea behind what same here is and how it's about we all face challenges in life and those challenges look different and they come from different places and they're at different levels and happen, you know, at different times to us. But that there's not a career, a profession, an industry where people are exempt or immune to this. And, you know, what he shared back with me was I get it. And, and, and I have challenges that I face and, I, and I'm able to be open about it. And in a very modest way, he said, but, you know is my being open and is my sharing because I'm on a large platform because people see me having recurring roles and, and, and having consistent jobs in a space where a lot of people are struggling to get roles. Is it going to be looked at as, you know, I'm complaining or, or I don't have it as hard as others. And, and my, my feedback was no Jocko. And there's my little hint <laughs> to who our guest is no Jocko. Like I think people are going to hear your story and say, wow, that guy that looks like he has it all, he's a human being like the rest of us. And wow, some of the day-to-day -day shit that he goes through, that's so relatable. So again, gave it gave it away a little bit. Today's guest is, is Jocko Sims, um, played Anthony Adams in Crash, um, Lieutenant Carlton Burke on The Last Ship, and then I was joking with him before as, as we have Dr. Rosa on, the, the Dr. Heartthrob is plays Dr. Floyd Reynolds, the heartthrob on, on New Amsterdam. Um, and, and all of my, my female friends are, are jealous that I'm getting to have this conversation with you. I'm sure you hear that before Jocko. So first and foremost, <laughs> welcome and, and appreciate you coming on. It is uh, all my pleasure. Thank you so much. Good to be with you, Eric and, and John. Yeah. Thanks brother. Appreciate it. I'm going to jump in two seconds there, Eric, because it's it's what you said about this this person that you discussed. There's plenty of interviews and in his background about how even at a, at a younger age, he struggled with fitting into certain groups, even in the school level or high school level and like changing his his uh, way of thinking just to be part of that next group. So when he feels like he doesn't feel like I have this role, I don't deserve it. It's almost like I, where where does my deserving fit in? And even in a younger age, so it starts. You always got to look back at those aces, you know, the ad, uh, the adverse childhood experiences. And there's a reason when we don't we drive at a certain time, we're allowed to drink at a certain time and smoke at a certain time because you want that brain's neuroplasticity to be set 
so that you make wise decisions. So the frontal cortex is actually talking to the rest of your body in a wise way, as opposed to like, you know, squirrel and you look left and you look right. It's, so, so there's a lot that builds up to that and that struggle, it, it, it really is enhanced by each category of his life as he goes through it. There's always that feeling like, is this, is anything ever enough? So there's a lot of levels of stress. And, and, and then when you get into the professional world, you know, every one of us, Ed, there's no complaining. This is not about complaints. This is about no matter who you are, where you got to, I don't care if it's the president of the United States or you push a broom in a factory, we all have our continuum of struggles that we deal with on a daily basis. And the love of what we do and what I, and, and how we operate of this, one in five have this, one in five have that, one in five have the other thing. It's five in five and we all suffer in our own way and some at certain levels. But it's very humble to have these conversations. And someone like Jocko, I mean, you know, for you to just be part of this conversation is the reason yeah. why we do what we do. And it's it's so so nice to be able to have people of all walks of life say, "Hey, yeah, we all have struggles, right?" I mean, yeah, I'm sure absolutely. you and 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 for and for for clarity, I'm I'm uh, not so much uh, concerned about sounding. Like I'm, I'm complaining. Uh, it just has to be the right environment and, and the right platform. I think my my, my point there was, um, you know, you won't hear about it on a daily basis. Uh, you, you know, we, I don't go to Twitter to 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 vent about my my woes or or the times that uh, finances have not looked so great or uh, or the times that you're you're having family issues or, or when one of your parents is ill. Um, it's just that uh, there's a, there's this fine balance, I guess, when you're a performer or an athlete, where you know you want to uh, sort of maintain some sort of sense of, of, of privacy overall. But uh, yeah, just uh, essentially, you know, and 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 my uh, condolences go out to Mr. Williams, Michael K. Williams, a great talent we lost uh, to his uh, family and all of his friends. I never had the pleasure. Of, of meeting him or, or working with him, but I was a, a big fan. One of my favorite uh, roles of his was the character he played on HBO's limited series, The The Night of. Uh, it's just just fantastic. Just uh, what he brought to every character, as you guys know, and everybody who's, who's, who's watching and listening uh, can see, uh, was, uh, you, you know, you see what he brings and you're not surprised that he's a he was a human being, that he uh, had uh, problems um, because you know it, sometimes those things sort of inform what you're able to bring uh, to a role. And, and unfortunately, in, in his case and and, and so many others, uh, it, it led ultimately perhaps uh, to their demise. But again, we you know we don't quite know all that's going on with him there. But my deepest condolences to to his family. It, you know, and, I, and I'm paraphrasing here, Jocko, which which sometimes can get a little bit scary. So, but I see a lot with actors in that what they take from real life and, and what their experiences have been and how they bring that into their roles, right? And I think of you know a lot of character actors like a like a Vince Vaughn or something like that, and and I think you know and a, and a Will Ferrell, and I'm like, you know, the way they are as a person, right? Does that all, oftentimes inform who they are as an actor and the roles that they play, sometimes the roles that they get. I think it would be interesting. I'd love, and I think the audience would love to hear it. 
thinking about your before we dive into like any challenges face right Jocko is is thinking about your career as an actor generally like where did your career as an actor begin um how did how did you become interested in the space was it was it smooth sailing early on or was it was it was it difficult getting some of those roles because that's a fascinating way to then shape the rest of the conversation about what the rest of the life of an actor looks like absolutely uh that's a great question. And I, I tell you right there when you say what the life of an actor looks like, uh, it probably had a million different ways, some million different paths. And uh, my, mine was interesting in that I, when I was in high school, I wanted to be a doctor of some sort, you know, oddly enough. Uh, and I, uh, I thought I'd maybe an orthodontist, a dentist or something, but I was so sure that I had a, a medical symbol put on my high school ring that you can customize and um i got to college and and for some reason i didn't want to be in school for the next 12 years i, I so i started immediately looking to do something find a major you know and, and, and do something else and i took a theater class uh because uh, i'd always been sort of an entertainer for fun you know my mom tried to push me into it she said you got to take some 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 music classes some music theater musical theater classes some theater classes in high school middle school and i said mom no nah, that's not for me you know i was a, i was a nerd some top five percent of my class i was president of my spanish club national honor society i thought for sure i was gonna do something in science but i get there and i fall in love with it uh my mom had moved from texas that's where i grew up to los angeles while i was in college that first year and I said, hey, mom, I want to move there with you and pursue this acting thing. I, I, I love theater, at least, you know, maybe I, I love the whole thing. And she said, come on. So uh, I, I went to L.A. Uh, I, I stayed in school. It's still important for me to finish school. And I got my B.A. in theater at, at UCLA. And I trained hard for five years. I mean, I studied hard. That's that's how long I was in college, just doing theater and, and getting my general education credits and, and all of that. And by the time I went on my first, I was so hungry for this. By the time I went on my first audition, uh, I booked it. And that was a, uh, a co-star on an ABC cop show, I played a DJ, didn't know what I was doing in the audition. I, I, I took props, you know, actor, if you're an actor out there, don't take props to your auditions. But I took it and, and, and they were the producers and the casting director were just, they were just overwhelmed with joy at how green I was and how bad I wanted it. And, and I went over the top for this thing. And they got it was a smaller role, you know. And uh, and I and I booked it, and it felt good. I was like, "Wow!" This was I, I after actually... after your five years, so you so you after didn't my go five, to yeah. In fact, you know what? Five... Actually, I had one more. Let's see, that was in two thousand three. I'm dating myself. I had <laughs> one more year of college left, so this is actually right before I, I, okay. I finished. Uh, and I started started working uh, immediately, but it was you know a sprinkle of jobs here and there. Uh, fast forward to uh, five years later, I, I booked my first series on television. It was uh Stars' first original series. It was Crash, loosely based on on the film, where I got to play opposite the late great Dennis Hopper. Um and that was incredible, you know, uh, to say the least. I did that for a couple of years. And uh and you know, I thought I was gonna make it. In fact the the showrunner at the time was Glenn Mazzara, uh, who went on to do The Walking Dead. Before that he did The Shield. Uh he did Hawthorne, which was on uh uh, TNT with Jada Pickett Smith and Will Smith is a very successful writer. He's he's amazing. He told me, "You've made it. 
you're, you're, you're moving, you shot it in New Mexico. He said, you're moving to Albuquerque. You're going to be there for the next six years. And this is it. So I put all my eggs in that basket. This was great. I get there. And by the end of that season, the studio had fired him. My security, my boss who came at the job. And it's like, what the hell's going on? So we go into season two. They brought in a new writer. And there was some some internal conflicts there. I mean, he was so tough. It, it's this industry is, is nuts and I wish we had more time. We can, and, and hopefully we could do this again. We'll talk, talk to you all day about this, but uh, they brought in another writer. They ended up firing half the cast. I made the cut to the se- season two, but as soon as I read those scripts, I said, this show is over. <laughs> it, they, I don't know what they were doing with it. It was, it was terrible. I even called the studio. I called an executive there and said, Hey, do you like these scripts? I said, no. I said, well, wh- why are you guys producing these? And he said, well, this person wants to do it. And it was all politics. Long story long, I, uh, uh, that show ends. I go back home from New Mexico to Los Angeles. And I can't even get arrested. I can't get a room. Can't get in a room. Can't get uh, auditions. It's like I started back at square one. Uh, because people, the, the show didn't grab a big audience. So people didn't know who I was. And for two years, I wasn't out there auditioning and getting that momentum in the room and building those relationships. So I was kind of forgotten. It took me, well, I, I, I eventually ran out of money, uh, although I was still working consistently on, you know, doing guest stars and, and whatnot. But uh, eventually got too much, ran out of money, had to move back into my mom's apartment in Los Angeles. And uh, I cried. Uh, I got one cry out. Uh, because I was the one at my school who had made it. All my friends looked up to me. I was coaching them and helping them to get to the next level. They were booking shows. And, and, and here I was uh, feeling dejected, rejected, and felt like I was back at square one. And it took me another five years before I got a series as a series regular. And that was the last ship. Um, and from... <laughs> I learned while I was on that show to never put my eggs all in one basket. I've been on the grind ever since, uh, writing, uh, producing, and 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 spreading myself out as an <laughs> as an entertainer. That way, you know, if something falls through, it's just uh, it's always good to not necessarily. I don't want to. I don't like backup plans per se, but uh, just to sort of have a couple of other things you like to do in the entertainment industry as well. So it's, fa- it's just a little bit of how I'll get started. No, I give no, you 10 years. No, no. It, 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 <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to bring in outside of the acting world into what you just shared and, and the analogies of it. And then John, you know, please chime in in terms of how this all, you know, plays together from a, from a medical perspective. But, you know, we had Reggie Walker on the NFL player a couple of weeks ago. And he said, the second you make an NFL roster, you're continuing to trial for your spot and someone's trying to replace you over and over and over again. Right. And I think about working in professional sports on the, on the business side of things and almost Jocko, what you just described with, you know, your, your guy who was your guy who said, move here. It's six years. You're going to be here for six years. You know, we have CEOs that change over all the time. Right. And, and, and a new ownership group that comes in and, Hey, new person comes in, doesn't matter what you did previously and how much you produced now you got to prove yourself to someone else or you don't even get a chance to prove yourself because it's like, sorry, someone else is more of the favorite child or to your point, I guess the equivalent of looking at a script and saying it would be the wrong way would be in sports business would be like, well, shit, they want to go away from a season ticket model to a membership model. There's no freaking way we're going to fill a building this way, right? I'm saying words that not everyone might understand, but but the play by play is similar. And, and John, like when you're hearing that story 
are, is your spidey senses going up the same way mine is where it's just like wow this is so unique to acting but it's also so not unique to acting because there's so yeah. many similarities across different professions right well there's your five and five right so we're 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 all supposed to have this pilot light on which is called your sympathetic nervous system and it thank god we have it because it watches out for really bad things and in our our evolutionary process of hundreds of thousands of years that pilot's there in case you're being chased by an animal that will eat you or if something terribly bad is going to happen that flight or fright response and then the parasympathetic nervous system is always in control when things are like okay and that's that balance we were not made to have that pilot on and then turned up and then another added stress and then i don't sleep and then i got the pressure of performing and then i got to perform again and then is this gonna last and who i am i really and when you have that and then forget that's just internally with what we go through but then we, we you sit in, in a like of recent you have a terrible election cycle you have strife in the streets you have you have the West Coast on fire, the Gulf Coast underwater, and then Afghanistan issues, and then you see some special saying there's UFOs. You're gonna put that on me. Right now, you're gonna put that one on my on my on my plate, right? So, so this this continuum of of this constant sympathetic overdrive, those hormones, chemi neurochemistry that gets produced in that state pushes all of your comfort range neurochemistry down like dopamine serotonin and oxytocin all those feel-good chemicals that make us survive they're just getting set, sent down saying yeah i'm not going to let you feel human today so yeah i mean it, it, eric well said i mean jocko perfectly said because it overlaps in almost everything we talk about within same here right i mean it is that's the five and five and when you layer it with life it's okay to to feel like crap. I mean, it's okay to have a bad day and a good day. And John, you brought up things that are happening to all of us, like UFOs is one of them, but Afghanistan, strife in the streets. You know, Jocko, let's use one example of, of what you just shared, but certainly go into more throughout the, that, that timeline that you just shared. Something that really, you know, struck me when you said it was, I was the guy who had made it from my school and now there were expectations on me. Could you talk a little bit about that? Because like, you know, people always think, well, since he made it, things are good now. He, he, he's, but not only is there a struggle of, wait, the, the show's not gonna go on anymore because the writing's not what I thought it would be. So you're dealing with, oh shit, where's my next job coming from? But you're also putting on yourself, all these people are expecting me to be the the shining light for them. Yeah, they're, they're when, I realized that I couldn't pay my rent where I was. And this was in the year 2013. I immediately, the first thing I thought about were those people, were the people who were relying on me uh, to be that sort of uh, inspiration. And also uh, I, more so thinking personally, like what, what must they think? Uh, what must they think of me? Um, I, I thought of uh, a couple of my close best friends and a lot of most people I, I didn't tell. Uh, I only was at home with mom for about seven months and in, in, in the big scheme of things, that's absolutely you know no amount of time 
but it felt like an eternity for me. And not to say my mom wasn't a joy, I definitely enjoyed those home cooked meals, but um, it just represented for a moment uh, a sense of, dare I say, failure. Um, but I, I, I am happy that, you know, a lot of people don't have what I was able to have in, in that time was the support system that I had from, from my mother. I talked to a lot of uh, young actors who uh, want to pursue this this path, and and uh, I tell them it's it's you got to find even if you don't have your parents supporting you, you got to find a friend. I don't care if you're sleeping on their couch, somebody who supports you in what you're doing, someone you can talk to daily about your struggles, uh, you know uh, how this audition went. You know, because if you're you're attempting to hide who you are in, in the path that you want and you can't share that, uh, quite frankly, it's not going to happen. You know, I, I tell people you can't you can't do this on your own. So fortunately for me, I had a fallback uh, there in the city of Los Angeles and, and my mom was there for me. But there there, there was a period of time where I, I, I felt, um, for lack of words, like a loser. You know, I was uh, well into my 30s um, and, 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 and back at home. And I'd done so many television shows. I had been on the Grey's Anatomy. I'd been a seven, I'm on billboards in New York uh, uh, with Dennis Hopper. I, I had seen so much. I had traveled and, and shot things all over the country. And... So it was it was it was hard pill for me to swallow, and it's definitely hard to 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 share that with the people that that were close to me. Look, the, your your willingness to be vulnerable and share that is is life saving. I know that might sound like I'm being hyperbolic, but I don't I I really truly believe that because there's so many people out there. the The number one term, by the way, that comes up when you speak to people who've been through mental health help, okay? Because they've surveyed. I read this the other day because we were we were applying for a grant. The number one term that comes up is isolation. So it's fascinating that you brought up that you need someone. You need someone to be able to lean on. And in this context, when we're talking about Michael Kay and his openness about his addiction, what he shared in his quotes that I read is that drugs and alcohol aren't the source of the problem. It's what we use to get away from the problem. And so, John, I mean, you, you chiming in here, I think is helpful because you're also an expert on abuse and opiates and is you, you hear a story like Jocko's and Jocko was fortunate enough to have his mom to go back to. Right. So for, you know, Jocko and I, like I'm a sports executive, Jocko is a, a, an actor and we're thinking, holy shit, we've done all these things already. Right. Jocko has to go live at home with mom. In my case, when my brain hits that brick wall, I got to go home and live with mom and dad because like I literally can't function as a human being. And I'm feeling that same thing. Like, what are people thinking about me that I'm not, not so much like that. They're like, what are they thinking about me? The mental health, but like, what are they thinking about me with my job? My job was soaring and I was doing all these things. Like Jocko was just saying, I was on all these billboards and now it's like, that's taken away for people who are hearing that John, the, that's part of that sympathetic response that you're talking about. Right. That like, because I think people, people assume it has to be, we were in a bad car accident or someone in our family passed away. And look how common this stuff is of we were at a, 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 a trajectory that was going up. Then we got knocked on our butt about a role, a job, a career, the way people think about us. And then we get locked in that. So, John, can you talk about how you see that, like 
in your practice and 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 when you're talking to people, it doesn't need to be this major life event all the time. No, in fact, it, it's it happens, but it's quite the opposite. The majority leans on what is your support like. So we're we develop into almost this like tribal positioning where we have our tribe this is our group this is my job this is my responsibility they all lean on me i lean on them you have a support system you're never lonely you find out where you are and you know you're important in that spot like and and not having that you always are going to look for the thing that supports you when you don't feel that position's there jocko it's your mom right Somebody else who doesn't have a support system will turn to some other substance. It doesn't have to be drugs or opiate in my place. It could be sex. It could be the phone. It could be gambling. It could be anything that makes the, the neurochemistry happen so that they, they don't have to deal with that missing piece in their life. And when we're fortunate enough to have those that are around us, you're, you're right, Jocko, you got to have that person. And if it's a parent or a loved one or somebody, and a lot of people don't have it, and the further they get away from it, the darker things look, and they turn to other things to fulfill that same space. That, that, so it's more like that comfort. You know, dopamine and other things that get produced, they're our natural way of feeling human and okay. So if we're, we get it. Like, so so when I, if I, I had my shoulder worked on at surgery and I took a, an, an opiate that they gave me because I was in pain when I went home, I felt like the world was coming to an end, nauseous, tired, exhausted. Like, what is this? But because I make enough right now, because we're talking to each other, my, my, if you take a functional MRI of this brain, it would be on fire because this is what it makes this friends group right now, I want to reach out and hug my computer because it makes me feel good that we're doing this and others are going to listen and they're going to get help. That's my space. But when others don't have it, that's tough. And then you reach. You reach for something that fills the gap. That's, that's where I think the five and five have to be. You know, what, you know what's fascinating? You know what's fascinating, John? And I'm going to bring this to Jocko's experience and ask him about it with the roles that he's played because of a comment of what Michael K made is you're talking about we have our tribe and we feel comfortable in that tribe. So let's say you're part of a show and all the actors show up at a similar time and they've got their roles at a similar time, then they eat lunch or they leave at a certain time. Obviously, I'm painting a, a, a more utopian picture than, than what truth is. But I think to like teams that I've been on, you know, the best teams are, are there and are supportive of one another. But people play roles on teams, right? And so the guy who's the 12th man on the bench might not feel as connected to the, the the mission of what everyone's going towards winning a championship as the person who's the starter or the person who's the sixth man off the bench and has a specific role where they know where they're coming in all the time. So to hear Michael Kay's comment about, I didn't think I was worthy of that role at the time when I was on the wire, that helps you now gain a, a more global perspective of how someone who has made it at that point, meaning is is got a consistent role on a major production, is now looking around the rest of the room and being like, damn, like some of those people are better than me. Or am I, am I, did I really earn this experience? Right. So Jock, I don't know if in your own case, it might not be with the, the, the similar angle of I'm worthy of this, but do you ever see like when you're acting like, oh, that person's from a different part of the country or a different part of the world, or that person's played different roles or anything like that? Is it, is it, you know, 
clicks form, you know, stuff like that. I don't want to, I don't want to air dirty laundry and stuff like that, but I'm assuming the acting world when you're on a set is not so dissimilar to being on a sports team in that sometimes things gel and there's chemistry. And sometimes it's like, Whoa, where do I fit in relative to the rest of this group? Yeah. That's like in, uh, I would imagine pretty, pretty much any organization, any group, you're going to have clicks. Um, and that's interesting that uh, you, you hit me with a couple of things that Michael said. Uh, it's very unfortunate for him to feel that he wasn't worthy of these 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 roles. And it's got to be some sort of mind F to have the, the adoration of the world and you just not feeling that. Um, I've had plenty of jobs or auditions even uh, where I, I do not feel worthy. Uh, I, I, I feel that now, but being able to to balance that and into humility and 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 not really feel worthy of that. I mean, I, I'd imagine that could be quite painful. I know that I, you know, there's after a while auditions can 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 start to wear on you naturally uh, because you're just told no all the time. Uh, you, even up to their to their rise, the Denzels and the Brad Pitts of the world, you got more no's than yeses initially, you know? So uh, I remember one of my teachers told me, your job is to audition. So just get used to that. <laughs> your job isn't actually working on a set. It's just to go audition. And after a while, you know, after years of it, it gets exhausting. So I found myself uh, trying to get out of whatever audition I could. It, it, as hard as it is to get to a point to where your team is actually getting you in the room and, and sending you auditions after a while, it, you know, it's like, what, what can I skip? I don't want to be rejected today, you know, I don't, or, or whenever this audition is in a couple of days. So uh, I got a quick story of, of, of uh, the role on the last ship, uh, Lieutenant Burke that I, that I played that, that audition came along and I hadn't played, um, this type of character before I mean, this guy was was tough uh imagine him being a little little big uh and he had to be you know really hard on his on his team and uh and and, and kick their ass into gear because this was a a, a pandemic like basically where we're living now uh and 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 the world was coming to an end and we needed to go into war so my character's yelling at at the guys and kick that in there and i always picture that you know we've seen uh, full metal jacket we've seen those guys i'm like that's not me so i was dejected heading into studying for this role and saying ah this is not me i'm just, uh, i'm a little too skinny at the time for this I, I don't i don't think this is me so i try to get out of it uh my my friend who's an actress uh, arlene tour she was she was uh reading with me and i'm looking at it and i'm struggling with it and i said i'm not gonna go She's like, no, no, man, you got this. Come on, let's do this. So I get it down. I go to the audition. I walk in and I start doing it and I mess up. And I go, sorry, like that to the cast director. I'm sorry. She goes, no, 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 don't worry about it. Everyone's having trouble with that part. Didn't think about that. <laughs> I thought it was only me. And and that, that was an interesting thing for me. I was like, okay. So I, I do it. And mind you, this is to have this role. This is three to five episodes only as a guest star. All right. So uh, I, I do it again and I leave three weeks go by and I get a call from my, my manager. Uh, and she said, this 
this Michael Bay show is back. The the last ship. They they want you to go in. And it, actually, one more thing. They told me that they were going to try to get a name actor, and that that is the bane of my existence. Whenever I heard that, I was like, okay, it's over. And it was always over. I've lost roles to the. I won't say any names, but to guys <laughs> on commercials who weren't even actors, former football players, no no offense to, to all these people because they're hot right now. It's just yeah. like, but they say they want a name, a name actor, name talent, that goes away. Well, this time they said it and it, and it came back around. I'm like, well, what's going on? So I go, I, I book the job, I get on the show and I, I, I do three to five episodes. That turns into 10 episodes and towards the end of it, uh, the, uh, the, the, the writers come to me and they said, Hey, don't go out for pilot season and audition, uh, next year. We're going to lock you in on a six year contract. We want you to be on our show as a series regular. I had almost talked myself out of going <laughs> on that audition because I didn't feel worthy of that role. And thank God I had my friend Arlene and, and my and Pete, my manager saying, go, go, you can do it. So, you know, and what I do, you often feel, and I imagine it's, it's probably the same or worse as, as an athlete. I can't even imagine what you guys go through um, and, and, and not feeling uh, good enough at times, uh, especially even while, while you have the, the, the job or the, or the position. It, it bring, I, I so appreciate the vulnerability there. And I, and you know, what where my mind went to when you brought up that the the folks who were auditioning for the first time said no 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 it's okay everyone's having problem with that spot it brought me back to this idea of what the term same means right like when i explain in the most simplest terms like if you were little jocko when you're five years old and you're going to you know the the kids you know gymnastics place or or a birthday party and you're all sitting in a circle and everyone's like say you're you know well, introduce yourselves to everyone, and someone else says, "My name's Jocko," and you're like, oh, "I'm Jocko too, right?" Like it's it's this incredible feeling. Like meanwhile, it's not that rare. Yes, Jocko is a, a, a unique name, but it's not that rare to have the same name as someone else. But yet, when we hear it, or someone has the same birthday as us, all of a sudden we feel connected with them, right? And and what that person did in I'm not saying this is the reason why ultimately in the long run, more about your friend, you know, telling you to go and 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 actually, you know, try out in the first place. But hearing, hey, this is something so common. Everyone's been struggling with this line. Like how much that just, you know, you take that deep breath and it's like, all right. You know, and, and that's the reason for these conversations, Jocko, in a broad, like you took a microcosm, your story is a microcosm of the overall, which is when we openly share like this, yes, that was a unique experience, but it shows how much all of us go through things. And by the way, that feeling of isolation starts to go away, even when we don't have that personal person that Dr. Rose is talking about, the mom's couch to be able to stay on, the friend's couch to be able to sleep on. When you, Dr. Rosa, you were saying you want to virtually hug this group right here. It's a group where when you start opening up, you feel kinship and connection towards people that, you know, Jocko, I told you from the first call, I start, I started feeling towards you. And so, so, so with that, I wanted to go a little bit into a specific category within, you know, acting. And this is a little bit more of a difficult one, but I think it plays into a bigger picture of roles that we play. 
you know, I'm looking down because I, I want to remember the names specifically. But growing up for me, the two biggest names I heard were Dana Plato and River Phoenix. Then there's the Jonathan Brandis and the Lee Thompson Young, right? Is we have lost a lot of child actors, right? Or 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 kid actors or young actors, whatever the right term is for it, to things like suicide, things like overdose. John talked about the development of the prefrontal cortex and 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 things happening a little bit later. Like it, it, I'm playing armchair psychologist as I say this to you, Jocko. So that doesn't mean that I'm right. And I look at those those folks that we lost at a young age, and I say, okay, don't jump to conclusions, Eric, because we lose a lot of people to suicide at a young age. It doesn't mean that it's an actor issue. But then I say, okay, but within the actor community, why did we lose those people? And and I start to think. Is it because they knew themselves as a certain role? And when that role gets taken away, similar to the Olympian where it happens to them at 24 years old and the pro athlete where it happens to them at 32 years old, you've known yourself a certain way for so long that when that gets yanked away from you, your mind starts struggling and saying, what's my purpose? What's my identity? What am I here for? Just knowing the internal workings of the acting world do you think that's part of it? And, and and then in answering that question, as you get later on in your career and you're jumping role to role, is it easier because you know, okay, the next role is just somewhere around the corner or is it harder because you're having to go through those changes of identity so often? Damn good question. I would imagine that it's a, it's a day by day and case by case thing. When my next when I mean, you know, when this job I'm on ends, yeah, I'm sure it's, it's going to be quite scary. You know what? What's next? Um, the the ability to to reset and hit reset is 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 not something to be taken for granted. You know, I, I feel like it's not an easy thing for people to do at times. I also feel like not having a, a plan. I didn't have a plan when I was told I was going to be good. And so I relaxed and relaxing put me in sort of a dark place when things didn't go according to plan. So I, I, I to avoid getting in that space again, I paid attention to it first of all. And, and I, I said, I want to have a plan now if this show that's supposed to be on for six years ends in two, what am I going to do? What uh, are, do I have the right type of friends around me who will understand that first and foremost? Do I have, uh, financially, am I gonna be able to sustain myself for the next two to five years, God willing, if it takes me another five years to get a show? Um, uh, you know, what am I going to do to, to keep myself busy? Um, and that's been big for everybody here during this pandemic. Uh, thank God I, 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 I became an avid cycler, <laughs> cyclist, uh, here in, in, in New York city and Manhattan. I, uh, I bought a bike and I, I try to go any day that, uh, that I'm free, uh, caused me to be a little late today to today's, uh, show. So, um, but, but 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 being and, and no one could have planned for the for the pandemic, but I think that when when there's this transition to getting back to what you said for 
for the the young actors, especially when you're young. Nobody's preparing them for you know mentally for what they're they're venturing off into, and they don't often have a time. I mean, have a chance to 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 grow up and and to experience life, and everything uh, uh, oftentimes is handed to them. And you know, people are are kissing their ass all the time, uh, and and so it's 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 quite unfortunate that this has happened to to so many uh, young brilliant people, and and not just obviously in in in, in acting, but in in music, uh, of course, as 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 well. So it's a it's a it's a beast, and I feel I feel like I definitely want to have another conversation that is. Uh, uh, centered and, and 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 Dr. John, I hope you'd, you'd be a part of it as well. But uh, on maybe the entertainment aspect of 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 the, the pursuit of it, you know, and and how to sort of uh, avoid some of these pitfalls that that people often fall into. Well, because as you're talking, Jocko, like, and, and I'm sure this would be part of that next conversation, right? So I brought up the the kid actors, right? And my mind, another another place my mind goes to is Gary Coleman, right? When you're saying he's getting his ass kissed, like, okay, he's on set because he's the cute little kid on different strokes. Then all of a sudden he's in a place where he was typecast, he was in that role, and now he's having to be a security guard someplace, literally to make ends meet, right? As he's getting older and like, Okay, he's not used to that world. Then you flip it to the other side of things and you look at an actor, let's call, say like a Tom Hanks or a Denzel Washington, and you look at, you know, the the roles that they have played. And let's let's use Tom Hanks just because it was the first one that came to mind. You think of Forrest Gump, right? Or or some of the big roles he played. My my guess would be, especially because to, to to be an actor, you have to be competitive, you have to have drive, you have to try out for these parts, that even if you're 40, 50, 60, 70 years old, right? You look back and you say, okay, I was known for this character and people loved me for this character, but what am I now? Am I the vestige of that character that now everyone sees me? Oh, hey, Forrest, right? Or, and even in a case like a Tom Hanks where he's played multiple roles, it's not like that was his only big role, right? But, but I got to assume with actors, it's almost like this, balanced because you play a big role you get known for it and then it's like is that all i'm known for and then what's my next thing to do and can i live off the coattails of that forget about financially as a person mm-hmm. yeah. right and 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 you know you look at it, it it all depends on the person as well we have i'll give you two examples um well they're not so yeah we have uh jaleel white who played uh urkel I mean, that's an iconic <laughs> character uh, in the history of television. Just, just amazing. I don't know much about Jill. I haven't, Jaleel, I haven't had a chance to meet him, but seems to be a, a, a good guy who's, who's, who's got it together. Um, and, you know, in, in interviews I've seen him in and, and I hear people talk about him, you know, people want him to do Urkel and reprise that role. And, and for decades, it's just been like, no, thanks. You know, um, so he he seems to been to have been able to navigate that pretty well, but not unfortunately not everybody can do that. Uh, I look at uh, Dustin Diamond uh, yeah. to contrast, who played another iconic <laughs> character, Screech on Saved by the Bell. I love these characters. I mean, we all love these characters, um, but I think he struggled. You know, I think he struggled uh, a bit from some of the stories that I've read and heard, and, and he's written a book and. And, and and all of that and uh 
and, and may he now rest in peace. But he, um, you know, it's just, it's, 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 it's one of those things we don't know uh, how these sort of things are going to affect each individual. I mean, if, if, if they all ended up in some way or another messed up, then, you know, we, it might be easier to avoid some pitfalls. We're like, okay, what, what system can we put this kid actor into? You know, we, people would care more, but because it's sporadic, you know, and again, there's this whole sense of actors are fine. They're going to be fine. No one's really checking in for them. But I think, I think that we're, I feel like, and, and, and John, what do you think? I feel like we're turning a corner when it comes to mental health overall and people are, are checking in. Eric, even we were talking about the athletes who are now saying, hey, I, I need a break. This is taking a toll on me. Naomi Osaka is one example. Um, and I just feel like this conversation, thanks to, to, to organizations like Same Here, and and all of the work that people are doing now, you you it's it seems like it's a little bit more of the forefront, and we can hopefully av- avoid some of these pitfalls. It, it definitely it definitely is, Jacko. They become it because of the awareness and people like yourself who get humble enough to have conversations about what reality and life looks like. There's more opportunity for people to express themselves. Where we're still lacking, though, is is where do they go? What do they do? So just the recognition is one. Now what we're, we're, we'd like to work on is having those systems in place where there's a mentor to talk to or a place to go and not feel that stigma. I hate the word stigma because then and Eric agrees. It's stigma just means it's it's stigmatizing just to say the word because – but like to get that – the the the, the cloud away from the fact that we can have these conversations. It, it's heartwarming to know that we're moving in the direction and someone even like yourself to, you know, you, your schedule, I can't even imagine what that looks like, but you, you took the time to talk to us. And as, as, as much as you, you, you don't realize and you do, what you're doing today is going to have a ripple effect for many, many people. And that's where we make the change, right? That, that we're not throwing pebbles in the water right now. We're, we're, their boulders are dropping in because there's a lot of people who, who, who look like you, follow you, understand you, and you're now opening up to say this. That's what happens when Naomi, t- it's, it's amazing to have somebody just say, I have to take a mental health break. And then people get on there and beat her up saying, yeah, well, I understand when someone hurts their elbow playing tennis because it's an injury, but get over it, suck it up, and go back and play. So we're still dealing with those other demons that make people feel like, oh man, I shouldn't have said anything. So well, for, we're- those, for those people, for those people who make those comments, well, the the names that I just read, the River Phoenixes of the world, and the and 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 the Dana Plato's of the world, if they were afforded the luxury to take the mental health breaks that a Naomi Osaka shared, maybe those people would still be with us, right? And, and it's a maybe, I know, but I, it's an important thing to, to talk about because, Jocko, when you're saying we're at a better place, I would say that with caution, right? Because you're a cerebral guy, and, 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 and I could tell everyone this, be open about you. Like, when I send Jocko an email with an idea or a text, I don't get like, yeah, cool. I get like, hey, what about this, 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 right? Like it's awesome, right? Because his mind is working a lot of different ways. But because of that, the beauty of that and the gift of that is that we can engage in long-form conversations like this where 
He's not doing – Jocko isn't doing this because, hey, Jocko, would you do me a favor? He's doing this because amongst all the shit that he's doing in creating an incredible acting career and being in the midst of it, he gives a shit and he cares about people. And the little bit that I'm a little bit fearful of Jocko outside of the Jocko world, and then I'll bring it back to the Jocko world, is in some of the celebrity openings, let's call it that, and, and, and sharings, it's very surface level. It's I'm so-and-so, I have depression, use this, back to what John's talking about, about where do you go, use this app, right? And my fear is that narrative moves people more in the direction of what it was like before we started talking openly like this, which is, yeah, there's that group of people who fit into that category. They're this F upward, and they fit in there and they need help. That's why talking to folks like you who, have we brought up a disorder or a label at all on this call? Not at all, right? It's 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 not, look, if someone gets to a place of disorder, fine, that's part of the conversation, but that's not the whole mental health continuum. The whole mental health continuum is the day-to-day -day stuff that you just spoke about. And for people to hear, guess what? You know, interviewing for jobs is difficult. You know, uh, 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 having roles where you might not fit in. Michael K saying, I didn't feel worthy of these spots. That's the everyday stuff that people need to hear, which is why when, when you were saying that, I looked at John and I said, this is all part of that sympathetic response, right? Because, because we're not tying together as a society the neurobiology with the life experiences. That's, that's the, one of the biggest pieces that's missing. So when people hear Simone Biles couldn't perform, they're not hearing about the neurobiology that, hey, by the way, spatial orientation gets all messed up. Fine motor skills gets all messed up. That's why flipping in the air is so friggin' difficult. And, and no matter how much she pushed herself, she literally couldn't do that. That's the stuff that people need to hear because that then normalizes it. So when the, when the executive is trying to give a presentation, it's like, I just don't have it today. Can we move it back to the next day? Or, and I'm not, I'm not promoting a culture of quitting. And I, I know people are going to say that what I'm promoting is a culture of openness that like, you give me one more day and I'm going to kick ass next that next day or you let me do this meditation i'm going to feel that much better give me 30 minutes let's move the meeting back that's where we need to get to and so what you're providing jocko by the day-to-day -day, and that's why i hope this continues to be an ongoing conversation with us it's invaluable this is this is i'll say this as a, as a good wrap to all this and then I'll, I'll let you guys say one last thing that you want to share is i would venture to say that this conversation it is is way more of that boulder than John talks about and has way more of a ripple effect than any one person raising their hand and just telling us that they they were diagnosed with this thing. Because this is the stuff that relates to people and allows people to say, that sounds similar to me. I've been through something like that. Yeah. So happy to have you on, Jocko. You really, you're taking the time out of your busy schedule is important to everyone, but you carry a lot of weight in conversation, and it's just a blessing to have you. Have you? My, with my pleasure. I, 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 I listen. I'm. I, I've been trying to to do this with you, Eric, as you know, uh, and we we just been hitting some some weird times, and I'm I'm not always completely inundated like like, like you saw in this in this past email. So I, I thank God that we were able to do this now. And I, I very much look forward uh, to doing uh, more of these in the future, in the very near future. We gotta put something together. I'm really excited about it. Um, and also I, I make some points 
uh, to to young people who, who want to uh, pursue things. And and I, and we'll we'll get into that uh, next time on our next conversation. But I usually make three points, and I think I'm going to start developing a fourth point, uh, and it's going to deal with mental health and and making sure that uh, we're paying attention to our mental health and uh, and addressing any issues. Uh, to the best of our ability and just putting some focus on that because looking back to the times that I've helped people or, or given a speech or, or, uh, or done things like this or speaking to, you know, someone, I, it, it's so interesting that in the past that mental health just wouldn't even be a part of the conversation. And it's so important. And it was a, a huge factor in, in, everything you know just even now telling you these stories as i'm thinking back i i see how uh important these issues were and how involved they were into my life and in my path and and, and and here every day so even this little bit of time we, we've had i've learned so much and i thank you gentlemen very very much well it's it's felt like a, a therapy session in a way I, when i hear someone else's story and i get to share my story and and then that we get the the smarty pants like Dr. Rosa to, to tell us what's going on in our body. It's awesome. So again, Jocko can't thank you enough uh, on behalf of Theo and Darren. Uh, been Dr. John Rosa and Jocko Sims, and this is Eric Hewson. We'll see you next week on We're All a Little Crazy. You just heard We're All a Little Crazy, brought to you by the hashtag Seen Here Global Mental Health Movement and the Hockey Podcast Network.